Wakey, wakey, hands off, snakey. We know you're thinking of that girl that you missed out at the bar last night. And then because of the rejection, because of all the depression that set in, you drank too much. It's that last shot at to kill you, wasn't it? And you're thinking about ZZ Top's song, Woke Up With Wood. You've got to back off. You've got to settle down. You can't go downstairs to the wife and the kids, to the girlfriend, to mom and dad with that sticking out of your PJs. Settle down, put on the headphones, listen to Dave and I. It is time for your Saturday morning hangover, and I guess Woody cure. (laughs) Well, some things this week will kill it off for you. (laughs) It's the weekend edition of Sports Frenzy 2.0 with your best friends, Kevin, Dave. As always, we review the best in movies, music, TV, streaming, and books. We are your pop culture gurus. We will get you through the weekend, tell you what to watch, what to listen to, and what to stay away from. Unfortunately, this weekend is not looking real good. No. Again. As always, we start with music. Rock. Music. Double shot weekend edition. Double shot. Not one, but two album reviews for you this week. Which one do you want to begin with? You know how I feel about stuff. I want the Band-Aid, rip it right off. I save the best for last. So we're we're starting with the Foo. Foo Fighters, brand new album, the first since the death, the untimely death of Taylor Hawkins is, but here we are. Ten songs from the boys. I showed Dave the CD art for this. What CD art? It is bizarre beyond belief. All white. The liner notes, all white. You can barely read it. You have to adjust it into the light to be able to read what the hell is there it's minimalistic crap or as my daughter the protege says it's shoegazing artwork minimalistic crap (laughs) avant-garde bullshit but here we are has 10 songs let us go through and decide what we think Yes, let's. I'll start off right off the bat and I'll say there are only two songs I really liked on this album. Really, I mean, really liked. There's a lot of mediocre stuff. Yeah, there is that. Um, I like nothing at all. Nothing at all was my favorite. Yes, mine too. That is the best song on the album by far. Yes, absolutely. By far. Absolutely agree. And then I did like the previously reviewed song, uh, the second single off the album, Under You. Yeah, that one was pretty good. We thought rescued was kind of generic coming out of the box that's probably the third best that's that is the third best one on there yes so we agree yes yeah the rest is 
I don't, what the hell? I don't have any other song on this album that I can fully recommend. Some are better than others, but like the glass is okay. I wouldn't I, even I, go there. I liked the title track, but here we are. It's okay. was decent. That would it's have been okay. my fourth. I'd probably be there with you. Yeah. So, but what the hell was Show Me How? Terrible. Terrible song. But remember, we talked about this last week. Got the early review from Ultimate Classic Rock, and they said the second half of the album was that that whole, as my daughter said, shoegazing, mid-tempo to slow... This is that was not the Foo Fighters. I'm sorry. Yeah, after nothing at all, the last four songs suck. What were they thinking with the teacher? Ten fucking minutes of that bullshit. It was abysmal. If you're gonna try to by pull far off... the worst song I've heard. In God, do I dare say I liked Greta better than that? I won't go that far. It's close. I won't go that far. It's right down there with the last two Gretas we reviewed. It's just, the problem is, it's too long. There it's are, too slow. There are parts, there are parts now there are parts well, in there. No, that, there are some parts. But again, if you're going to try to create a classic epic rock song, an eight, nine minute epic, you better goddamn well bring it. And this does not this bring it. This isn't even close. This does not bring it. No. At all. It's kind of a meandering mess. Yeah. Rest, the last song is awful. Oh, that's beyond awful. I, I think it's trying to be their ode to right. Taylor and that's Hawkins. The thing. I think this album tries to make you feel bad in that it's, we're trying to mourn Taylor. So you can't criticize this album. Uh, yeah, we can. This is us working through our grief. Then you know what? Work through it on your own. Leave it for things down the line for a box set. It reminds me of our review a couple weeks ago of Duff McKagan. Where, especially me. I think I was a little bit more pissed off about it than you were. Yeah. But where he's basically trying to work through his, his problems by, right, you know. Work it out amongst yourselves. Don't subject us to it. Right. Now, of course, the third single, which we reviewed recently, Show Me How, which we ripped apart. Once again, my, I have to get the younger perspective on this. My daughter, I, I said, you've got to listen to this. This is like one of the worst Foo Fighter songs ever. She liked it, didn't she? Loved it. Loved it. And that's where she brought up the whole shoegazing thing. Said, well, that's his daughter singing with him. I don't, I don't care. care. I don't care if I it's don't his daughter. Care. It sucks. We do not like it. It is not the foo. If I wanted to listen to his daughter, then let his daughter get a goddamn album deal and let her record an album, and I'll ignore it. But this is nepotism. It's nepotism. Yeah, you'll have that. This, sorry, this does not do anything for me. 
Nope. Agree completely. We are just getting really disappointed by a lot of the new music. From uh, our established favorite right, groups. Right. And it's just sad and it's terrible. I, I'm hard pressed to give this one two. I will give it the weakest possible two I can. I will give it the weakest possible two I can. The first six songs I can tolerate. Yeah, after that, forget it. Yeah, I mean, this is not what we expect, what we want from the Foo Fighters. And I I don't want to hear the sycophants, Foo Nation out there. We are allowed to criticize. We That's are allowed right. to say we sometimes know. the bands that we love suck. And this is a case where, where the Foo they... Fighters suck. This is not Foo. This is not the foo we want. No. The up-tempo songs sound like they're warmed over, rehashed, old riffs, old we, hooks. We, we're fine with them doing some low-tempo low stuff. But this low-tempo stuff isn't good. No, We've not at all. Skin and Bones. Right. It's phenomenal on the low-tempo. Right. Loved it. Can't get behind this at all. No. No, it's very sad. Very, very sad. This is, I, I mean. This is stuff they should have recorded and kept for themselves to work through whatever they are. They aren't ready to release anything yet. I agree. I agree. This is by far got to be the worst Foo Fighters album ever. Got to be. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they've had albums that were eh. eh. This is, but, yeah. This is to be below. Eh. Disappointing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, nothing at all. They just should have released that and put it on a soundtrack somewhere, and that was it. Let the other ones just die a merciful death. For the right, uh, for the most part. Yeah. Outside of nothing at all, I could have done without rescued or under you or uh, even though under you I kind of like, but still. Yeah, but still, no, nothing at all is what you expect from the foo. Right. Everything else, subpar. And again, to me, is a little bit of arrogance with the nepotism on Show Me How. And again, I love Dave Grohl. I love the Foo Fighters, but it it, it <clears throat> reeks of arrogance for them to put this out. Number one, to act like we are their psychiatrists. Yeah, they're doing their, us a favor. They're do, they're going through therapy through us because of the death of Taylor Hawkins. Sorry. But yeah, number two, the fact that they would foist this on us, to put this on us and say, here you go, kids, your new Foo Fighters album, you better love it, otherwise you're not loyal. You're not a true fan. Bullshit. You're sucking the life out of every fan you have with this crap. Yeah. You get you get a misstep once in a while. This is your misstep. I better not hear this shit your, like this, this next time. This is your one. I better not hear shit like this next time. Or you plummet <clears throat> in the Maestro's all-time band ratings. Now, a band that is rising in the Maestro's all-time band ratings would be Rival Sons. Their newest album, Dark Fighter. 
a breath of fresh air of what we've had so far this year. Yes. Now, of course, because the <laughs> album is only eight tracks, we've already reviewed half of it. Right. So being such a short album, it automatically takes a hit in the review. Right. It's still, it, it, it's very reminiscent in that respect of an album from the 80s. Just over 40 minutes, yeah. which back then would have been a normal album length. Nowadays, we, we've become greedy. We expect 10, 11 tracks over an hour of music. Right. Pack the CD format full. So, yes, in that respect, it's a little bit disappointing, especially because they delayed the release. Yeah. It was supposed to be out back in February. So what, what did you Why, take what? songs off? What did you do? What, what what gives with that? Yeah. It should have been at least 10. But. But maybe they, maybe what they're doing is they're saying, we're going to give you the best of what we got. We're not going to give you the crap. We're not going to give you the stuff that most would consider B-sides. Yeah. Now, I will say this. Six of the eight songs, exemplary, outstanding. I love the, the lead-off track, Mirrors. I liked it. I don't know that it should have been the lead-off track, though. What was you started with? See, I think I it was the probably, best one. I don't know. I might have actually gone with maybe Bright Light to start it off. I don't like that. No. I don't like that. So, or bird in the hand. <sighs> Although we'll get to bird in the hand later. I don't know. Mir I like... Mirrors just didn't seem like a the strong start that it could have had. I liked how it had the 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 heavy deep purple type organ keyboards. And I love the drum. Yeah. No, I like the, the song. Play. I love yeah. the song, but I just didn't feel it as the first first one for the album. Then we get, of course, again, we've reviewed half the album already, so yeah. bear with us. Nobody wants to die, of which course, is, awesome. is fantastic. Yep. Then we get Bird in the Hand. It started off, I'm like, did I jump to the Fratellis? <laughs> Because it had that kind of yeah. kind of vibe going for it. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I liked all four of the songs we reviewed previously. Yeah. So, I like Bird in the Hand. Now, this album does have a lot. Again, we see, we, we've been seeing this a lot lately in a lot of these albums. A lot of religious themes. Yeah. A lot of religious references. Um. <clears throat> We get it with Rapture coming up here. We get it with, we've got Bright Light at four, Dark Side at eight. Um, Bright Light, see, now you were talking about that as a potential leadoff track. I don't think it's got the energy for a leadoff track. I'm not saying it's a bad song. No, it had, I don't know, it just had a little bit more for me than than Mirrors did. Yeah. Interesting little chorus there, a yeah. uh, victim of a victimless crime. Yeah. So what are they saying? Are they saying, or is it a criticism of, of victim culture? You know, what what is it trying to say? Yeah. 
Well, of course, we've done Rapture, which we liked. Guillotine. Which I think grows on you. Guillotine grows on you. But again, both Rapture and Guillotine have allusions to religious themes. Yeah. Horse's Breath fucking is awesome. That is brilliant. Horse's Breath could be the best song on the album. Yes. Track seven. Yes. I it sounds the like the more you listen to it, the better it gets. It sounds like a lost theme song from a 70s spaghetti western. Yes. Yes. It's got an ultimately catchy chorus. It's too late, too late to turn around. And it just it's got that production feel to it of a 70s, an epic 70s western soundtrack song yeah it's very good so i I will say you mentioned dark side the last one that's probably the one i like the least yes i agree with you the I weakest you. song and i could see what they were trying to do with dark side i just don't think they were able to fully pull it off no it sounds it lacked it lacked in a lot of ways remember the door song in apocalypse now the end yeah this almost sounded to me like a little bit of a minor version where they were trying to channel the doors yeah and and they didn't do it well no no i I don't think they did either i thought it was okay i thought it was interesting it was interesting but i could have done without it all that being said this might be one I liked a little bit more than you. Not saying it's the be-all, end-all. Not saying it's a classic, but I think this is kind of what I expected from Dark Fighter. Very solid. Very good. Um, I am going to give it the weakest possible three and a half. I am going a solid three, borderline three and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So not not too far off. So we're, we're, we're yeah. pretty much yeah. right there. I just... I can see myself listening to this album a lot in the future. That's why I've got to give it a three and a half. I've listened to it more than I have the foo. Oh, God, yeah. God, yeah. God, yeah. Hands but, down. Uh, but I think I like mirrors more than you. Probably. So I think that might be the the, the defining Maybe song a little there. bit. So, But, yeah, we're, we're right on par. Yeah. So I give it a week three and a half. You give it a strong three. Yep. But... Probably Definitely by far Dark the best. Fighter is one of the best albums we've had so far this year. Yes. <laughs> and that's unfortunately not saying a lot. There's not been a lot of good stuff so far. No. A lot of disappointment. Next week, this band, we're going to review the fourth single. A week before the full album review. The fourth single from Extreme's album six. We have early uh, reviews are positive. Yep. This one, the single Other Side of the Rainbow. This is we, what we, you, we, you knew it was coming. We were we're back to the cheesy ballad. Yes. This is the wholehearted of six, is what it is. Yes, it is. And it's not as good as wholehearted. <laughs> it's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. But it's the whole don't know what you got till it's gone. Yeah. From what I've read, there's a couple songs, this one included on the album, where they slow things down. 
You know it's, it's a coming. whole eighties formula. Got to have a couple songs on there for the chicks. Yep. Um, the other side of the rainbow's fine. It's okay. It's okay. It's a two and a half. That's where I'm putting it as well. It's a two and a half. Um, two and a half cheesy rock ballad. Let's put it this way. It's still better than 90% of what's on the Foo Fighters. Yeah. Agreed. Sorry. I just, I, I am so disappointed in that album. Yeah. Speaking of disappointed. The other song we're reviewing this week is the second single from the new Queens of the Stone Age album in Time's New Roman, Carnivore. I don't understand what the hell this song is. I don't either. It sounds like a did they just turn the recording machine on in the studio and let them noodle around for three just minutes kinda- and with no focus, no song structure, no purpose. Just say, play for three minutes, guys. See what you come up with. See, I, I kind of liked it, though. I don't <laughs> understand you! <laughs> you didn't like emotion sickness nearly as much as I did. This one was kind <laughs> of intriguing. Now, I'm not saying it's great. I still give it a two and a half. I can't, oh, I can't even approach two and a half with this. <laughs> I was going to give it one and a half. Oh, God. See, I kind of like this one. I don't think one. it had any focus, any meaning, any... Maybe any... that's kind of why I like this one. Wow. <laughs> we're going to... This gonna is have... going to be a one hell of an album review. Yeah, we're going to have fun with this in a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> we are all over the place with the first two songs. Wow. In Time's New Roman. And that's why we do this. Yeah. Yeah. Because it would be boring if we agreed on everything. Yep. And by the way, Queens of the Stone Age just announced they are fall tour dates. So hmm. the kids want to, they are playing locally here at the TCU White River Amphitheater. Intriguing. Yes. One of our places we've been to a couple times. Yes. Hmm. Um, I would not say no to seeing them. I would not either. I would be very down with seeing them. Um for next week, we've mentioned it, we've mentioned it, we've mentioned it. You knew it was coming. Extreme. Six. I still am pissed off that they have not dropped the price on the CD from $18. Come on. That's just pathetic. But one way or the other, we will have reviews for you. I will listen to it. I will hold off on my impulses. To buy the CD, I am well, not spending wait till it comes down. goddamn dollars for a CD. So we have Extreme, and Dave has a song Yep, for we us. are going to review Corey Taylor's new song, Beyond, on the upcoming album, Beyond. There you go, kids. So next week, Extreme Corey Taylor for music reviews, If Something Pops. This weekend, we'll add it. We'll add it. We've done it before. We'll do it again. That's right. Coming up next in the next segment, movies, movies, movies. I have my review of the Amazon Michael Jordan Nike Saga Air. And Dave and I will break down the new trailer for Expendables 4. <laughs> Barney and Lee and company are back. 
and we have a book review, a mutual book review. Mutual book review. Holy cow, write this down. From last year. We will not recognize this year's 007 book. Sorry, I will not recognize it. It is not official. It doesn't matter to me. But last year, we got the, what I say, the last official yes. Bond book, Anthony Horowitz, With a Mind to Kill. Coming right after this quick break. Hi, I'm Harrison Ford. And when I'm not listening to Sports Frenzy on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, Stitcher, Amazon, and Audible, I'm out promoting my latest movie, even though I'm in my 80s. Right now, I'm working on my next Indiana Jones adventure. Indiana Jones and the Adult Diaper of Danger. So grab your Metamucil, I mean your popcorn, and head out to the movies. Hey, did I hear Short Round won an Oscar? I don't have one of those. Son of a bitch. How did that happen? No time for love, Dr. Jones, my ass. All right, welcome back to the weekend edition of Sports Frenzy 2.0, dropping Saturday, June 10th, 2023, as we record on the 7th. I'm the Conquistador Dave Height. I'm the maestro Kevin Crane. And now we are going to talk movies on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Amazon, Audible, iHeartRadio, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, and Stitcher! All right, Maestro. Air. Yep. The I... story of Jordan's shoes. <laughs> yeah, and I know you were very cynical about this. Um, and I can see why. I can see why because number one, a true story. I've never been a big fan of true stories. They're very hard to pull off. You almost you almost have to tell some lies. You have to over dramatize. <clears throat> to make the true story more interesting for a movie audience. Unless it's an interesting story Look to at begin Titanic. with. Look at Titanic. Yeah, really? We all know the boat's going to sink. Right. And Some surrounded, are... surrounded by a bunch of melodramatic bullshit. Poor boy gets on boat, meets rich girl. They fall in love. Boat hits iceberg. Boat sinks. She lives... He dies. End of story. And he could have gotten on that piece of wood. There are schematics out on the internet showing how he could have. That selfish bitch, Kate Winslet. And I've never seen the movie. Oh, you really haven't? I oh, haven't. God, yeah. I had to go to the theater to go see it. Yep. I have refused on principle. Only two good things about the movie. <clears throat> Number one. When the ship splits in half, the special effects are phenomenal. Kate Winslet's boobs. That's it. There you go. <laughs> but we digress. Mm -hmm. We get back to the story of Michael Jordan and his signing with Nike for the most famous sneaker brand of all time, the Air Jordan. Now, the cast for Air is phenomenal. I mean, it's 
ridiculous. You've got Ben Affleck. You've got Matt Damon. Of course, Ben Affleck directed the movie. You have got Chris Tucker. You have got Jason Bateman. You've got Viola Davis. Um, it's a phenomenal cast. Yeah, and, and the thing is, Ben Affleck usually... I always stick up for the guy. I, I Usually he gets underrated. They'll kind of begrudgingly say, oh, I guess Argo was a good movie. Oh, I guess Gone Baby Gone was a good movie. When they're actually unbelievably well-done movies. But again, it's tricky with a true story like this. Now, Argo was a true story. But I think because of the fact that most people didn't know the story. They didn't know the backstory of right. what actually was I going on. I think that's on. what made Argo a much more effective movie. Much more popular, much more effective. Because it was a true story, but it was a little known true story. People know this story. People know the story of Michael Jordan with Nike. We know who Phil Knight is. We know he's an eccentric, quirky, hippy-dippy dipshit you know yeah the interesting parts of the movie are sonny vaccaro played by matt damon the guy who spearheads the whole effort to get michael jordan it's his it's his dream it's his ambition he he just senses he feels goes with his gut <clears throat> michael jordan is the guy who is going to put nike over the top now it's interesting from a sports perspective as they sit there in a room and they look at the draft class and they talk about, you know, who should we go after? Who, who's the person out there we should go after? <laughs> you, know, you got, you got guys, you got guys saying Melvin Turpin. <laughs> who? Now, the interesting <clears throat> thing is Charles Barkley is in, in that class. John Stockton is in that class. They're making fun of, do you even know where Gonzaga is? <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it's an interesting movie. It's it's competent. It's well done. It doesn't feel like a waste of time to watch it. That being said, it doesn't do much for me beyond that. Um, the performances are really good. I mean, it, it, there's no drama, though. You know in the end. You know what's going to happen. You know, despite the fact he's meeting with Converse and he's meeting with Adidas, you know he's going to sign with Nike. So you're waiting to see why is he going to sign with Nike. And Sonny Vaccaro gives this big speech that you think is what sways him. And it turns out to be something in the negotiations later on that his mother throws out there. I don't want to spoil the whole thing, so I won't tell you what that is, but it's something that basically we see nowadays as commonplace, but it was a, a negotiating tactic that ended up changing the face of sports merchandising and marketing as we know it. Let's put it that way. There you go. Um, I want to give a special shout out to Chris Messina, who plays Jordan's agent, David Falk. He is so good at this. David Falk is portrayed as a bitter, nasty, awful agent whose sole purpose in life is like a shark. I'm going to get 
what I can get from my client. I don't care. And they, they start to, to poke at him and make fun of him. But you're not going to have any friends later on in life. You're going to sell your company. You might make millions and millions and millions of dollars. But you, I don't care if I'm alone. I don't have friends. I have clients. And at one point, he and Sonny Vaccaro, mm-hmm. Vaccaro does kind of something behind his back. Ah. And he goes into like a minute-long profane tirade (laughs) that's just classic i mean just classic um but in the end it's it's a watchable movie i would recommend it if you're stuck inside you got nothing better to do you like sports i'll give it a two and a half a solid not a weak not a strong right there a two and a half frenzies uh for air oh by the way chris tucker's in it too who i've Why? never liked i've never liked now him. depending on what it is i do like chris tucker uh no no never never have liked him never didn't like him in rush hour didn't like him in the fifth element actually hated him in the fifth element i would have preferred he stayed, stayed with friday yeah no, see, I've never watched that. You've never seen Friday? No. No, I have not. Damn! I've seen Thank God It's Friday. <sighs> of course, we talked about that last week. You're missing out. Well, maybe someday. Maybe someday I'll watch Friday. And then what? Next Friday and then Friday after next? Oh, Just okay. stick with Friday. <laughs> Just stick with the original and you'll be fine. All right, so... Again, if you got nothing better to do, air's not bad. Two and a half frenzies. All right. There you go. Now you have a trailer for us. Yes. Popped that I saw this morning. Working from home today. So I saw this pop up. It's like, boys, get out here. What? We have the trailer for Expendables 4. No. Yes. Put it on. <laughs> Cannot wait for September 22nd for it to come out and go to the theaters to see this one. Statham, Stallone, Lundgren, Coacher, Megan Fox, added uh, Curtis Jackson, better known as 50 Cent, is in it. Looks to have a solid character. It, it's going to be what you would expect an Expendables action flick to be. Humor, lots of fight scenes, great special effects. It looks awesome. I agree. Cannot wait. Now, of course, I mentioned to Dave that I, I after seeing the trailer, I was inspired to go back and watch the first three. And he thought I was saying I'd never watch the first three. I'm like, no, I, no, I no. I knew no. you'd seen no, at least no, the no. first one. No, I was like, I just want to watch. The way it sounded that no, you hadn't I seen I want to watch the three. first three again. Refresh the memory. Well, refresh yeah. the old, the old man Get brain the synopsis cells. firing. Right. Just get ready for four. So. Oh, God, now, it's going to be fun. Even though it does not feature Jason Statham, 
he would be Shaw to Dwayne Johnson's Hobbs. Hobbs. Dwayne Johnson has announced he will be returning as Hobbs for a new movie set in the Fast and Furious universe. He's not saying he's coming back for one of the, I guess they're going to go to 12 now. Oh, this. God. Yeah, I heard they're going to extend it now to 12. Why? They don't, they're not making nearly as much money as they used to, at least no, here. No, they're not. At least here. I don't know about overseas. Maybe overseas, they're just tearing it up. Ugh, but just let it go. Yeah. At some point, you've got to end it. I, I can't see Hobbs pulling it off solo. It, it, the character, it needs to be either part of Fast and the Furious or have Shaw to play off The of. problem is, by all accounts from what I've heard, Dwayne Johnson can't get along with anybody. Initially, it was he couldn't get along with Vin Diesel. And now I've heard he can't get along with Statham. But because, obviously, is the problem is with Dwayne Johnson. But because he's The Rock... They'll go ahead and do a Hobbs movie. <clears throat> okay, whatever. I know I've said this before. Dwayne Johnson I has not met a script he hasn't done. I literally have probably watched three movies he's been in out of the dozens and dozens of movies he's made and all the hits. I have probably watched three movies he's been in because he holds no appeal to me whatsoever none because you just see the, the the previews the trailers and you just go looks like a generic piece of crap see now i like jumanji for the other characters i involved. would never watch those movies for the other characters it's a travesty that they would actually do it is anything outside of the robin williams one I'm sorry. I see Kevin Hart and Dwayne Johnson, <laughs> and I run in the other direction but as you got fast Jack as Black I can. Black as well, and Karen Gillan. Karen you know. Gillan, she's pretty. Yeah, with her boobs pushed up. Yep. Now, outside of The Rock, I liked the way the other three characters played through. They carried it. I like the rundown. I thought that was entertaining with him and Sean William Scott. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. Look at that. One of the few movies with The Rock I've seen, you haven't. I won't watch, you know, Gridiron Gang can, no. No. That can go blow. I don't care about Skyscraper. I don't care about San Andreas. I... Isn't that the skyscraper the one where he doesn't He's have a leg? He's got one leg, yeah. All right, that's I'm out. I'm out, Jerry. I'm out of the contest. You know, I, I saw part of it. Didn't want to go back. San I watched Andreas Black Adam. was intriguing. Black Adam, I watched just for the other characters to see right, how it would I wanted go. to see the Justice Society. Yeah. I wanted to see Dr. Fate and uh, Hawkman and see how that all played out. Yeah. And of course, we get Superman at the end, Henry Cavill, who's no longer going to be Superman because now it's a girl. Yeah. And through the whole thing, because 
he thought he was going to continue to be Superman, left the Witcher series, which we'll get into in the streaming segment. All right, should we move on to books? Let's. Let's discuss. I know it's the movie thing, but. That's all right. Anthony Horowitz's third book writing about 007 James Bond with a mind to kill. It's a trilogy, but it's not a trilogy. No, he refers to it as a trilogy, but he wrote three books. One was yeah, non-sequential, one at the beginning, one in the middle of Bond's career, and now this towards the end of his career. Yeah, but this is this one takes place after Man with the Golden Gun. Right. We get a little bit of background here where he places it in the Ian Fleming. Yeah, within the Ian Fleming time frame. Right. So this happens right after Bond has dispatched of Scaramanga down in Jamaica. Yep. It, it's after that, but it starts right before what happens. So, right. Very intriguing the way he did this one. Right. The title should give it away. The title with a mind to kill. This is a lot about Bond being brainwashed um, by the Russians. Trying to fight off the brainwashing effects. Yep, he was programmed to kill M. So they decide to use that against the Russians. Yep. Send Bond back into Russia. Faking. Still, still trying to convince the Russians and his handlers in Russia that he is under their control. To meanwhile find out what they're plotting. A, a, yep. a faction of... The Russian intelligence service has splintered off. Yep. And they have this big plot that, of course, they the British want to find out what the hell's going on. Right. And so Bond, of course, falls in love. No. Yes. Reluctantly, but inevitably it happens. Yes. Um... And again, this is this is meant to be at the tail end, towards the end of what you would consider Ian Fleming's Bond timeline. Right. So he's more world weary. He's been through the brainwashing. Uh, he's having been- to prove himself to the British that he's not brainwashed anymore. And then have to go back and prove to the Russians. He's still brainwashed and fighting for his mind and his soul. Yep. He's older. He's beat up. He's scarred emotionally and physically. Yep. You can you can feel, and I'm not saying this in a bad way, but you can feel Horowitz does a really good job of making you feel Bond just like Jesus. What the hell am I doing? Yes. Why am I doing this? Is it, remind, it worth it? It reminds you more of the Daniel Craig Bond. Yes. You know, where Bond, where Daniel Craig brought more of that humanity, the real emotions, the real feelings, not the cartoon character kind of we got with Pierce Brosnan. And Roger Moore. Right. Um, 
So I liked, I did like, it's a very quick read. It's barely over 250 pages. Yeah. Um, it's very, this makes me want to go back and read Ian Fleming because he refers to things in the books right. that the movies completely ignore. Right. And right. Horowitz has done his homework and has done a fantastic job with the Bond universe. Yeah, you cannot. I trust in the audience's intelligence. You cannot assume anything when you look at the titles of the Ian Fleming books, and you cannot say they're a direct correlation to the movies. Right. And vice versa. Completely different. You cannot, you have to read the books separately from the movies. Yes. Because the movies are completely revamped, redone. Yeah. It's, Just the, the story of the man with the golden gun does not match up. completely different than what you get from the book. Right. So, I yeah, I enjoyed this as well. This does make me want to go back and finish up number Number one, number two, his previous two books, uh, Forever in a Day and Trigger Mortis. Yeah, I, then, I thoroughly enjoyed those two. And this one as well, I think Horowitz brilliantly took on Bond. And he seems to, to really have a feel for the that old school writing style. Yeah, it, it definitely mirrored what Fleming was trying to do. What Fleming actually did. Right. Horowitz was able to pull off that entire feel, the pacing, the vocabulary, right, everything of that time frame. And I will say this: do not expect a knockdown, dragout, action-filled, like a a modern Dirk Pitt type thing. No, this is again more of the mental aspect. It's a lot of the more psychology, yeah, than it is this action. Is, there are a couple action scenes in it, but for the most part, this is more this about this is Bond battling for control of his own sanity. Yep, but again, very well done. I give it a strong three frenzies, right there with you. Strong three, highly recommended. There you go. So Dave will have another book read in about 10 minutes, and he'll have that review for it. No, he'll wait a week. He'll wait a week. I'm hoping to have one for next week. We'll see. It might be two. It's a longer book. I am looking at restarting the Jesse Stone series. I got about halfway through it, and then when they started switching authors for the second or third time, I kind of dropped out on it. So I know where I left off. Maybe I'll play catch up with those. Those are pretty easy, quick to to burn through. Yeah. So I'm reading Joe Nesbo, the uh, the Harry Hole series, the latest one, Killer Moon, which I'm hoping to review next week. Did you ever watch the movie The Snowman? I have not watched with that Michael yet. Fassbender. Okay. Got awful reviews. Awful reviews. But I'm always. I always see it sitting out there, and I'm always curious to go ahead and try to watch it. Yeah, I know. That's one I've tempted to, but I don't know just based on the reviews. And as much as I enjoyed the book, I don't know if I can pull the trigger on it. You don't want to ruin? I don't want to ruin it. The rosy 
the rosy view you have of those books. Yeah, it, it would kind of be like watching. Don't say it. Don't you Tom say Cruise's it. Don't say it, David. God damn it. Yeah, you better drink that beer. Boom. Mic drop. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for segment two here on the weekend edition. Third and final segment coming up, TV and streaming. A lot, a lot of important, significant moments of silences to go through. One dumbass to close out, get you through the rest of the weekend. Dave and I will be back for just about 20 more minutes right after this promo break. Hello, this is Will Smith. You might know me as the original Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You might also know me from Bad Boys 1, Bad Boys 2, and Bad Boys for Life. And now you must also know me as an Academy Award-winning actor for King Richard. Also by now, you know there are two things I do not like people talking about in my presence. Namely, my open marriage and my wife's lack of hair. Well, now, there is a third thing you do not talk about in front of Will Smith. You do not talk about Sports Frenzy 2.0. My boys, Kevin Dave, will hitch slap the sports world in Hollywood each and every week on Sports Frenzy 2.0 and the Weekend Edition on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, and Stitcher. Just remember, keep Sports Frenzy's name out your damn mouth. All right, kids, third and final segment here on the weekend edition of Sports Frenzy 2.0. He's a conquistador, Dave Heights. He's a maestro, Kevin Crane. This will hit Saturday morning, as always, June the 10th, 2023, taping here on June the 7th. TV and streaming starting to pick up here because the the TV schedule isn't like it was when we were kids. It isn't all everything debuts in the fall and then the summer you take off. Yeah. Now the summer shows are probably as good, if not better than anything you get in the fall and the winter. Yeah. God forbid you actually have 28 to 35 episodes of something. Now you're lucky at 13. Sometimes you only get 8 to 10. It's absolute crap. Yeah, I was going to say 13 is now considered a long season. Yeah, which is like. ridiculous. But we've got coming up over the next month or so, we've got Justified City Primeval. We've talked about that. We've got the new season of What We Do in the Shadows. Our favorite vampires return. I will have next week, starting week by week, my review of season 16 of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. God, that's still going? <laughs> How else is Rob McElhaney going to pay those Wrexham players? <laughs> He's got to get the, the payroll somehow. Ryan Reynolds is too busy selling Mint. <laughs> Mint Mobile? Yeah. Although I think he sold that. Yes, yes, he did. Yeah. So, poor guy. Uh... Poor guy's got more time to spend at home with Blake Lively. Yeah. Yeah. I feel so sad for him. All right. But otherwise, 
Joe Pickett season two has started on Paramount Plus. I still can't bring myself to do it based on the some of the casting issues. I watched first episode over the weekend. Uh, very impressed. Still, I like it. I don't have the preconceived notions that the Tom Cruise as Jack Reacher hater sitting to my right has. But uh, Joe Pickett season two is based on book eight in the series. Well, don't shake your head because they're doing the same thing with Reacher. Yeah, I know. They're jump. I wish they would go sequentially. Just go sequential. Make life easy for everybody. But yeah, Joe Pickett season two is based on Blood Trail, book eight. Um, very, very solid start. Very creepy start. Very happy with the first episode. Um, there's actually one more out there before episode three hits this coming Sunday and each and every Sunday here for the foreseeable future. So unlike some stubborn, pig-headed people who can't get past their prejudices, I will be watching this with glee. There you go. I'm happy for Not that. with glee. I mean, not like back-to-back Joe Pickett and glee. No, with, with happiness. With warmth in the cockles of my heart. There you go. <laughs> Uh, and of course, as season two wraps up of Beavis and Butthead, episode eight featured the warrior, which was awful. Just oh dumb, no. awful beyond belief. But second, the second of the two little vignettes with old Beavis and old Butthead vasectomies. Oh, God. <laughs> That was classic. That nice. was great. There As they, they somehow think, once again, they they overhear a conversation where they think that if they get vasectomies, they will score. <laughs> of course. And then uh, they start, as they're about ready to go under the knife, they start thinking about what their children would look like and how they would interact. God help us. So that's just. There that, you go. That sells it right there. Nice. So, I have, up to last week, caught up with Gotham Knights. I am watching it. I did watch about uh, another episode last week, so. So, I think there's 13. I thought it ended at 8. It's yeah, still it's, going. It's a 13. Yeah, so it's so still going. I'm through 10, so I think it was 11 that aired yes. last night. Absolutely so right. So, I'm yep. through 10. Okay. And through 10, all I will say is they handle the Harvey Dent multiple personality thing. I love the way they're addressing it. Okay. I will I will catch up. I promise you I'll so catch up on that. In in episode 10, it kind of hits. Mm -hmm. And I love what you figured was coming. Yeah. But I really like the way that they introduce it and how it's dealt with okay. and explained. Okay. It, yeah. it, it's kind of so cool. I think I'm in episode five right now. Okay. So I will, I'll make it a point to catch up. Um, part of my problem with it is 
I've got to, I think I'm going to have to watch it on demand because the, the local CW feed is low def. So it just comes through so grainy on my DVR. Yeah. yeah I've been watching it through on demand, but of course the fast forward features turned off. I know that's the thing. Yeah. And so I'm recording the last three so I can cut down on the time. Yeah, but I think you're going to be disappointed in the picture quality. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but yeah, I will I will definitely, I've been meaning to catch up on that. And like I said, I did watch a little bit over the weekend. Got through four into five. Um, yeah, because again, I have said this. Just because I have not watched a show yet or kind of like faded out. Like another one I want to watch here is Dark Winds that was on AMC. Oh yeah. Late last year. Yeah. The Tony Hillerman. Right. Uh, Lee Porn and Chi really want to watch that. Yeah. I watched the first half hour of the first episode and loved it, but I just, I wasn't it's in the again. mood. I have to be in the mood now. It's how I am. I'm a very picky lover. I just, I have to be <laughs> in the mood. There you go. Um, well, some news on one thing that we weren't in the mood to have continued that we struggled through with Perry Mason. HBO has said no to season three. Yeah, and I think that's because we called out what all the, the things that were wrong, all the things. I think people got sick of don't change a classic character, don't alter that universe so much just to fit your little don't check, check box. the boxes and i think people i think it showed in the ratings i think it people did. got sick of it yep that's what it was because the ratings went hbo said nope we're not gonna put the money into it anymore right well yeah they're so cheap they don't want to put the money into and, anything that's true and i am very very close once and then we still haven't heard about doom patrol i know i'm waiting for freaking doom patrol because once they get done with Doom Patrol, I'm out. I'm yeah, probably going to cancel. It's probably going to go bye-bye. Yeah, I'm probably going to get rid of Max because Max is not the Max. Max no. is not that good it's, anymore. Mm, there's not a lot on there that I want to see. No. All right. So we have a lot, a lot of Although moments of silence. What I alluded to in the sports segment to go to streaming. Because with NASCAR's Garage 56 entry into Le Mans, the 100th running this this weekend as this tapes, Prime is going to have the documentary of the whole process of them building the car and going to Le Mans, which is something I'm kind of intrigued in. Yeah, at some point, just for fun, we're going to have to sit down and rank the streaming services, the major streaming services, which ones we like, which ones we would get rid of last. Yeah. Versus I know, which ones we get rid of first. Yeah. Cause coming up on prime, we're going to have the last season of Jack Ryan coming up here. And the next and season of Reacher and Reacher's coming. So, and free shipping. There you go. All right. Normally we talk about uh, 
wrestling. Dave indulges me and lets me talk wrestling when we have a recap for a big premium live event. But unfortunately, this week we have lost a true legend in the world of wrestling. The master of the Cobra Clutch. Camel Clutch. Camel Clutch, sorry. Camel Clutch. Cobra Clutch was Sergeant Slaughter. That's the Camel Clutch. Accompanied through his heyday by Nikolai Volkov. Having to start off his matches singing the Iranian national (laughs) anthem. Yep. God, the Iron Sheik, Hussein Korshra Ali Vaziri, came to the United States from Iran, wanted to be an Olympic wrestler, wasn't able to make the team, but was the US was one of the US Olympic coaches for the 72 and 1972 and 1976 Olympics. And one, then, one of the greatest heels in wrestling history. Yep. And it was his wife who suggested he take on that role to really take his, have his career take off. Brilliant suggestion on her part. Yep. As you mentioned with Nikolai Volkov, they were the tag team champions for a number of years. Yep. They were the ultimate villains, of course, facing off against Hulk Hogan. Yep. The all-American icon, you know. Yeah. It was the height of the Cold War and everything else. And God. Yep. Takes you back to when we were kids. The fact that he made it to 81 years old. With all his substance abuse issues, getting through having one of his daughters murdered. Uh, I can't imagine. Yeah, because we've heard all heard the stories about with the wrestlers, you know, not only the physical abuse they take in the ring, but then they they do tend to lean towards substance abuse, whether it's steroids or harder drugs. Yeah. We we saw the premature deaths of Brandy Macho Man Savage. Of course, tragically, Chris Benoit. Um so the fact again that he he made it to 81. It's incredible. He must have done something to turn his life around to get himself. He did get straight out. there at the yeah. end for the end. Ah. All right, Dave, I have got a moment of silence for you that you will question because who is that? Who is that? Joe Gayton passed away this past week. Everybody out there along with you knows Joe Gayton responsible in part, a co-creator of one of the best TV shows of the last 20 years. Joe Gayton was co-creator of Hell on Wheels. Oh, great, great show. Fantastic. Yes, he needs props. He needs credit. Absolutely. Yep. The great Anson Mount. Common. Yep. Great, great Western about the building of 
the railroad system across this great country. Yep. And of course, speaking of Anson Mount, here in a couple weeks, I will begin reviewing season two of Star Trek Strange New Worlds with Anson Mount playing Christopher Pike. There you go. Very cool. The only decent Star Trek show out there with no political bullshit involved. Like Picard, like Voyager, or not Voyager, um, Discovery. Yeah. Sorry. There you go. So, <sighs> character actor, somebody we know from one of our favorite films. Barry Newman has passed away, known for being in Vanishing Point. Great car chase sequence. Yep. Considered one of the best ever. Yes. Driving that Dodge, the now, white see, Dodge. That's a discussion, another discussion we should have at some point in time. Because the greatest car. Everybody thinks Bullet. I didn't think the one in Bullet was all that great. It, it kind of set the tone and everybody topped it after. The French, French Connection, French was, connection better. was great. To Live and Die in L.A. was my favorite. Yeah, that was very good. So bu Bullet set the standard at the time. And everybody else has started to top it after that. Because you've got Six Underground had a fantastic one. So we'll have to delve into that down the At line. At some point, yep. So, but thoughts and prayers to the family of Barry Newman. Of course, also in the short-lived but cool series, Petrocelli. Yep. Oh. Little bit of Seinfeld for you. It seems like every month or two we have somebody connected to Seinfeld who passed away. In this case, it would be Pat Cooper. Pat Cooper, of course, famed comedian, opened, I believe, for Frank Sinatra at one point in his career, um, known for, more recently, the episode with uh, Jerry Seinfeld where... Jerry accidentally walks out with the Friars Club jacket. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to stay here. Just give us the jacket back, Jerry. Just give the jacket back. That's all we want. What's so hard about that? There you go. Meanwhile, the one of the acrobats <laughs> has got it. <laughs> oh. oh, mass chaos, of course. Uh, in the world of music, jazz new age pianist George Winston has passed away. Thing is with him, when I worked in music briefly, in retail, out of college, he was huge in the late 80s. Yes. I mean, he was huge. Yeah. Yep, with autumn and winter. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all the album covers were very almost white. Yep, and they had whatever the seasons yep. that he was doing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Very Grammy uh, Award winning. Very good mellow music. Yeah. Not music to slit your wrist by. No, not at all. Music just, just mellow out. Mellow by. and just have in the background during a nice dinner. Yep. Or dip in the hot tub. There you go. <laughs> 
All right, I have actually, before we get to the one dumbass of the week, I do have a Clint Eastwood badass of the week in the world of entertainment. Kind of a qualified badass. Because now, over the last year or two, we've had to listen to the big shots in Hollywood, Martin Scorsese and Quentin Tarantino rip all over the Marvel movies and say, what a bunch of garbage. And now they're talking about the ones that we like, right? We're not talking about, ones. we're not talking about the ones from the last couple of years that are trash. We're it's talking everything of, leading up to, they're talking about Endgame and infinity war and Robert Downey Jr. is iron man and Captain America, all the good stuff. Yeah, and they ripped on it. Oh, it's like a carnival ride. It's not a movie. It's yeah, a carnival that's ride. because people enjoyed it more than your epic tripe tales that can. Well, the bore one problem I've had with death. both of these guys is the fact that they their think, pretentiousness. They think fuck should be in every other word. Yeah. in their scripts, and as my parents told me, profanity is the absence of intelligence. So fuck them. But anyway, but we digress. My uh, entertainment weekend edition pop culture badass of the week would be one coming up soon in extraction to Chris, Chris Hemsworth. Finally addresses the comments from Scorsese and Tarantino when he says, "Well." There goes two of my heroes that I won't work with. There you go. Now you read the I you like read it, it in context. He, sounds a little bit more badass. You read the whole interview, he kind of tempers it down a little bit. Yeah, he he should not hold back from what he said because let's face it, Scorsese Tarantino. And Tarantino are two pretentious asshats. And we're not saying we don't like some of their movies. No, we like some of their movies, not everything, because they've had some bombs. They are not the be-all, end-all of movie making. No, especially Tarantino. I get so tired of him. Oh, I'm going to make my 10th and final movie soon. Wait around and, and wait for me to announce who's going to be in it. And what we're going to call it. Yeah. Jesus. Just Ten stop. movies. Ten freaking movies. That's all he's done. That's all he's going to do. His tenth movie, he says, is going to be his last. You know what? Good. I mean, it's ridiculous. He puts out movies as often as Extreme puts out new albums. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And hey, let's give Hemsworth... Props again for saying Thor Love and Thunder was bad. It was too campy and comical. Yep. All right. Wrapping up the weekend edition. Repeat offender for the one soul lonely pop culture dumbass of the week. What's the definition of insanity, Dave? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the same result or a different result. Bud Light has announced they are co-sponsoring 
down in Arizona, an all-ages drag show party. <sighs> After all the controversy with Dylan Mulvaney, and by all accounts, the the plummeting market share value of their stock, of their product, I have actually seen, by the way, at a local grocery store, I have seen them selling Anheuser-Busch beer for very, very low prices. Yeah. I'm trying to drink through what I've purchased before everything, but since I've got the kegerator and I'm drinking Pacifico out of that, which is much better, I'm also picking up cans of my favorite IPAs. Yeah, so so, so I'm I'm going more for the quality beers versus the Bud Light that I used to drink because, yeah, it just doesn't the the taste isn't there. You saying it's got a little bit of wang to it? Not even. <laughs> but again, when you have gone through the PR nightmare. Why you just you, went through? Why would you subject double yourself down. and you double down? Double on down stupidity. on it. And I guess they're not the only ones. I guess Coca Cola is sponsoring this. I guess there's three or four other major sponsors, big name companies. Just stop pandering to the one percent. But you can pander to us. Dave had a great idea, by the way. That I we know. didn't mention on the sports edition. No, we should have because with the the Saudis now backing the PGA, I think it's time for the Saudis to start backing sports frenzy, baby. Yep, I'll take the blood money. I, I got have, no issues. I'll t- I have no shame if if all the NBA players can do it and they don't seem to ever have to deal with any repercussions. Why should we? Yep. Let's face it, China's human rights violations are far worse than Saudi Arabia's. I'll take the piff money. We're in. We're in. I will wear, we just talked about the Iron Sheik. I'll dress like the Iron Sheik. I'll grow one of those goofy mustaches. There you go. We're all in. Hit us up, Prince. Yep. Give us that piff money. He's Dave. He's Kev. Thanks for hanging out with us this weekend. We hope you have a great rest of Saturday and Sunday. Yep. You're listening later on. Check out the sports edition that dropped Thursday. Check out the Facebook page. As we mentioned next week, Extreme Marlowe. And whatever the hell else we come up with. Yep, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. We're, we're sure to find more stuff to review, to pass along to you. Stay away from it or get into it and love it like we do. So for Dave, I'm Kev. We will talk to you next week. Bumba-dee-da, bumba-dee-da, bumba-dee-da. Happy trails to you. Until we meet again. 
Happy trails to you. Keep smiling until then. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy trails to you until we meet. Ah! Uh...